At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place. By working more efficiently. By using more sustainable practices. By developing better technologies. We keep moving forward. With each new idea, innovation, and partnership, we're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com slash purpose. Parker, engineering your success. This is a podcast from Minute Media. This is Stacking the Box with NFL insider Matt Berteram and Mark Carmen. Tuesdays at 11, love it live. That's right, stacking the box 52 weeks out of the year. Vertoram going collar shirt today. Don't know what to make of it. I'm a little rattled out of the gates here. Vertoram, Aaron Rodgers, doing what he does for us in the offseason. Back in the news. Good to see you, buddy. Good to see you as well, Carm. And yes, it wouldn't be an offseason without Aaron Rodgers always finding a way to make sure he's in the headlines. And then I'm sure at some point complaining about the fact he's in the headlines. Um, and then that, that'll be a nice cycle that we'll have until we all get to the gates of hell. Uh, because that, that, or, or maybe we're at them. And this is actually what it is. It's not a dry heat. It's just a never-ending loop of the guy who acts like he's the smartest person in the room being like, hey, hey, I hate that I'm getting attention, but please don't turn away. And here we are. Well, let me, uh, for those who missed the Aaron Rodgers Instagram post, I figured I would just read it uh, to yes. just so we can all digest it here. So Aaron Rodgers 12 on Insta. Here's some dot, 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 hashtag Monday night gratitude. Uh, Aaron busy last night for some of the incredibly special people in my life with some pictures from the last beautiful year uh, at Shailene Woodley. Thanks for letting me chase after you the first couple of months after we met and finally letting me catch up to you and be a part of your life. Interesting that he's going into his personal life here. Uh, Thanks for always having my back for the incredible kindness you show me and everyone you meet and for showing me what unconditional love looks like. I love you and am grateful for you. Now, he moves along. To the men, I got to share the quarterback room with every day. Matt Nathaniel, Luke, at Jordan3Love, at Kurt Benkert. You guys made every day so much fun, and I'm so thankful for the daily laughs, not every other day, daily, and stress relief you brought me every week of the year. Not daily stress relief, but every week of the year, the stress relief. I love you guys. The love is out. To the Friday crew, uh, at uh, he's got A-I-Y-D-A Cobb, Randall Cobb's on here, Frankie, Shebby, and David Bakhtiari. I loved every moment we got to spend together this year. Your love and support was overwhelming, and I cherish the friendships I have with each of you. To my teammates, past and current, you are the icing on the beautiful cake we call our job football. The friendships that we have will transcend our collective time in the game. And I am so thankful for the role that each of you have played in making my life that much better. I love you guys and cherish the memories we've made to everyone else. Spread love and gratitude. You beautiful people. He's talking to you, Vertoram and read a book once in a while too, while you're at it, love and peace Two hearts, Aaron Rogers, 12. There you go. There it is. What do you, you make of it? Your buddy tweeted something like that or, or put an Instagram up of that. You'd call them, right? Make sure they were all right. <laughs> I, you know, it's it's funny because like you, you've put out some really heartfelt stuff on Instagram over the years, but it's been sort of it, it's either been warranted family stuff and or uh, just gratitude towards work. Right. Uh, this is. Just all-encompassing, ex-fiancés, all his teammates, the history of his career. I don't know what to make. Is is he is he coming back? Is he not coming back? What the hell does it mean is what first I want to know. First of all, I, I, there's no point in trying to discern what he means because that's, that is the point with him. Like, that is the point. 
if he wanted to just get it out there of whatever he wants to do, he would just say it. But that would make the limelight a lot shorter and a lot more of a, a brief stage. And he doesn't want that. Now, he's, I'm sure, going on the Pat McAfee show, as he always does. Um, that's, his, that's his guy. That's his, his, his spot. Um, and my guess is that he'll say whatever he's going to do there to help Pat out and to, and to make sure he's taking care of him. And that's fine. I, just go ahead. Um, I think that last night was all about just wetting the beak and making everybody pay attention. God forbid, like he was out of the news for a couple of weeks there. Cause you know, they can't win a playoff game. Um, so now they've got to be back in the news and he's got to be back in the news and make sure that everybody's aware. And then I'm sure at some point, as is his won't, he'll complain about the fact that he's in the news. And, you know, I just was putting out a, a, a post of gratitude, and I don't understand why the media has to try and figure out what I meant by it, which we all know is the biggest line of bullshit right on the face of the earth. You all know it's coming. And, look, the bottom line is he's going to do one of three things. going to want out, want in, or retire. That's it. That's it. Don't need an eight million word post to figure that out. Like he's going to do one of those three things. And if you're the Packers, you're probably like, hey, man, we need to know now because the tag window opens up today. And he's talked about the fact openly that I need to really probably tell them by the tag window. So here we are. And now we can move into whatever the hell is going to happen next with him. But I don't I don't for two seconds think that he's just going to say whatever he has to say today, and then all of a sudden, all's quiet for the rest of you know the offseason. No chance. Zero chance that happens. I, I was listening to different takes on this, like, and some people think that this means that he's coming back to Green Bay. Some people think he's retiring. Some people think he's getting up in Denver. You're basically just saying that he's looking for attention, and then he wants to complain about the attention, which gives him more attention. Uh, just a guy who wants to as much shine on him as possible. I, listen, I actually kind of liked the post for the record. I know that uh, everyone is, I mean, we got Clint here uh, saying it's a self-aggrandization uh, is Aaron Rodgers' superpower, and you're He's clearly right. irritated by it. I kind of think the at least the you know, salute to another one of Aaron's exes was kind of nice, a little weird, but kind of nice. Nothing, nothing that he said was like out of bounds or anything. It's just look, like you can't take it anymore. That's what I'm it, hearing. It's just, it's so <laughs> obnoxious, man. Like just do whatever the hell you're going to do and move on. Like, honestly, like I, what, you know, like I, I will forever respect Brady. Just being like, look, man, I'm, I'm good. I'm done. Like I'm done, and yeah, he did his ten part series on ESPN. Fine, and it's actually very good if you've watched it. Um, fine, right? Like I'm not saying he's got to like put out like a, a, a you know a presser and 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 that's it. He's, but like it's never ending. It's never ending. I mean, this goes back to last year in the offseason when he held them hostage or tried to anyway for months and months and months on end in the offseason. I mean, unless we forget draft night. Which, which he upstaged every one of those kids that night because he had to try and screw the Packers as much as humanly possible because he was upset with the fact that they weren't supporting him enough, which, oh, by the way, is the biggest line of crap on the face of the earth. If you go and look at that team throughout his career, yeah, look, Mike McCarthy's not a great head coach. I'm not going to argue that point. He's been surrounded by a lot of talent. This is not Matt Stafford in Detroit, okay? He's had plenty of guys who have been really good players. And he spent all last offseason, then supposedly, by the way, also, oh, you know, it wasn't supposed to come out that day of the draft. Bullshit. You're going to tell me that he and Schefter, like, there was just some plan. Like, oh, this just happened. Like, now, look, Schefter has control of that, too. We don't have to go down that road. But, like, you think Aaron Rodgers was really devastated that that came out the night of the draft? Of course not. Anything in the NFL that you think happens by coincidence with guys at that high of a level, it's not a coincidence. Okay, the Coincidences don't exist at that high of a level in the NFL. They don't. So um, 
Carter weighed right. in on uh, he's the kind of guy who wants a farewell tour, which I'm not sure if he is or isn't, but uh, I, I, I personally like farewell tours. I like celebrating the greatest players who ever played in their sport. I, in, they deserve the standing ovations. I like, a, I like a tear on the last day. I like to you know, know when they're leaving type of thing. Um, but, and, then, and then Eddie E., our guy, good to see you, Eddie E., why can't the media just ignore this stuff? Be, be, because It's a huge story, Ed. Be, because Holy, Ed, I love it. Ed, if I if I go to his Instagram post, how many how many likes uh, do you think that thing has? Um, let me let me go back and look at it. It's got three hundred and eleven thousand hearts, six thousand four hundred and ninety eight comments. That's 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 not the media just doing that. That that's that's the NFL fans of the world, yeah. and not even NFL fans. If we if we didn't talk about it, we wouldn't be in this business. Okay, but I, I will tell you right now, Ed, and anybody else will see, I hate talking about stuff like this. I do. And Carm, Carm's laughing because he knows it's true. I hate this. Like, I'd rather talk about football. I, I am. I got into this business to talk about football, not to talk about some drama show that never ends. And by the way, to finish up my, my granted, the long-winded thought on this was, after the draft happened, and he, you know, look, fine, doesn't show up to OTAs, minicamp, and he showed up training camp, give him credit for that. That's fine. He was there. He went through that whole offseason with all that bullshit. Then it, then it turned out, oh, I'm immunized. Well, as it turns out, you're not immunized because you got COVID and you're not vaccinated and you've been lying about it the whole time. You've been skirting protocols and talking to the media and everything else. And that's not, by the way, that's not a take on like whether or not you're vaccinated. It's about lying about it. I mean, there are plenty of guys in the league that weren't vaccinated. Kirk Cousins is an, is an example right in his division. Kirk Cousins didn't lie about it. Like, he lied about the whole thing. Then he's, then he's constantly like, it's like everybody else's fault all the time, right? Like, he's like that guy who, you know, your buddies with, who's gone on like 400 dates and has never been able to keep somebody for more than like six months, you know, keep a relation for more than six months. And the guy's at the bar you one night, and he's like, man, I just don't get it. I just can't find like, all these girls I meet. It's just, you know, like, bro, have you ever thought the common denominator is you? Like, have you ever thought that? I mean, you may, you, you, I'm sorry, go ahead. No, but I mean, honestly, like, has he ever stopped and thought to himself, like, geez, you know what? I have won a Super Bowl now, and what has it been? 11 years, 12 seasons worth here? Like, uh, and, 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 and yet, it's always like, it's always somebody that the Packers didn't support me enough. This didn't happen. You know, the media's out to get, have you ever thought maybe it's you? Like, that you're part of, now, oh, no, no. Of course, in a team game, there's a lot of things, right? Some of these games he's played very well in, and their defense is stunk, okay? Some of them, they've just been outclassed by the teams, and that's fine. Like, not everything comes down to Aaron Rodgers. There's a lot of reasons that over the years, the Packers have lost playoff games, or they've, or they, they've even missed the playoffs occasionally. But, like, the last couple of years in particular, okay, the last two, he's been a huge part of the reason that in the playoffs, they've fallen on their face. They lost that Buccaneers game in large part because he was atrocious in the second half of the game. And we've got, listen, if nothing else, we're consistent. We ripped Mahomes after the AFC title game for them losing to the Cincinnati. Mahomes is awful. Call it what it is. Rodgers was awful against the Niners. He was awful. Garoppolo was playing with half of an arm in eight-degree weather, and the Packers, after their first drive, scored three points the rest of the night. Like, I don't care if he wants to come out and say, hey, look, I've got issues, but I also know I, I've got to be better. And, and we, But it's never really that, right? It's always that, like, smartest guy in the room. Everyone else has let me down. And, and I don't know why that always seems to happen to me. It's like I'm just – I'm tired of it. Do whatever you got to do, man. Like, you're a great player. But like, it doesn't always have to be a 10-part sonnet. It can just be what it is. And look at look at the mirror occasionally over this stuff. So it, this particular playoff debacle, I thought was especially bad because I just don't know what happened. Like, it's dude, the worst one of his career. I mean, Easily. there's Easily. there's other players on the field other than Devonte Adams. I just I I didn't get it, and that was just it, at, unbelievably stunning and disappointing. Uh, however, I do hope he comes back, and I hope he stays in Green Bay and. That's fine, Aaron. Uh, bring the drama. Speaking of, Vernon, if I may pivot for a second here to yep. something that, that's yep. uh, not on our rundown, but you know, speaking of drama, Mike Florio, Pearl Football Talk, I want your thoughts on this. 
He he maintains here, quote, I got a great email. I don't know that the person wants his name to be shared, but it's explaining what's going on with Tom Brady. It's a classic midlife crisis. Step one, a divorce from the Patriots. Step two, in a short-term relationship with the trophy girl like the Bucks. Step three, a late-night text to the high school sweetheart, a.k.a. the 49ers. And Florio, I'm telling you, it's unavoidable. He's going to lower himself to have to dirty himself the way Aaron Rodgers is. He's going to work it all behind the scenes. I just, I think he's going to be with the 49ers week one of the 2022 season. Mike Florio going on record that Brady's, and I've I've said that, look, he doesn't want to retire. He's doing it for his family. You know what guys that do that for? They end up coming back to football because it's their, or their whatever sport because it's the number one thing he loves. And here's Florio speculating on San Francisco, which for the record, and I want all your thoughts here, doesn't make any sense. The, the 49ers have invested in Trey Lance. It, it would be very odd for them at this point to, to at least punt on that even for a season and that the Bucks would give him up to let him go to San Francisco. None of that makes sense, but Mike Florio knows more about the NFL than I do uh, and what goes on behind the scenes. So there you have it. Well, so a few things. One is, Carm, if he comes back, uh, I'll eat it because you were all about like, hey, I think he's going to be back, which if it happens, kudos to you. My thought on it is, and you hit it on the last part of what you said, the Bucks retain his rights. Right. It's not it's not like he can just go sign there. Like the Niners would have to trade. Well, what do the Niners have to trade? They don't have a first round pick. They traded for Trey Lance. So what are you like the Bucks aren't giving him away for a third here? I, I wouldn't I, I'd be I'd be shocked. Now, if he goes to the Bucks and he just says, Look, I want to play my last year in, in San Francisco. I gave you guys two great years, gave you a Super Bowl, do me a solid. Skip, just trade me there. Trade me there. I'm not going to trash you guys publicly or anything. I'm not, you know, it's not the way I want this to go down. You're not winning the Super Bowl next year anyway. You guys are going to have to kind of rebuild a little bit now. Like, trade me to San Francisco. Would they do that for maybe? Maybe, maybe they would just be, you know what? He goes to the Niners and he does go for a mid round pick and whatever. But I kind of have a hard time. I mean, he's a huge asset. Like, the Bucs are just going to hand him away. You know, I. I mean, yeah. now maybe now maybe he just says, "Look, it's the Niners. I'm retiring, and the Niners have to give up, you know, a 2023 first or something." I, I don't know, but I don't think it's impossible. You know, it's his hometown team. Like, if there is any scenario I see him playing, like that makes sense. And and Mike Florio is is plugged in there. Like, I, I guess in the end, I just. If you're the 49ers, would you do it? I mean, I would. Hell yeah, I would do it. I don't care. I mean, I, I if I could get him for a year, yeah, because I could win the Super Bowl, you know. But and to to the, your uh, eh. your initial like Brady actually doing this behind the scenes and going to Tampa, I think he would have a very fair argument. Hey, you owe me. I brought Tampa damn Bay an effing Super Bowl. Do right. me a solid, and by the way, I'm not coming back to play with you, so if you do trade me, whatever asset it is, be it a first-round pick in the next five years or second, third, whatever, uh, it's an asset that you didn't have. So you're you're getting another thing from me, and you're taking care of me. So I, if I was Tampa, I would, if that actually happened, I would, I would tell him, Tom, sorry that you're not going to be with us, but we appreciate you, and we'll uh, – We'll make a deal with the 49ers, um, which would be crazy. And then, but that, you know, from San Francisco's standpoint, Trey Lance, hey, dude, I know you expected to play this year, but you get to learn for a year with the GOAT. It's going to help you long term. Soak it all in. I know it's disappointing in the moment, but we really think long term, this is going to be great for you. And this is, I'm telling you right now, it's a one year swan song. See you later deal. So suck it up. And, the, you know, this is life. I mean, if I'm the Niners, I would, I would absolutely, I think they'd go to the Super Bowl. If they had him. Are you kidding me? The team went to one Super Bowl and lost the NFC title game in another year with Jimmy friggin' Garoppolo. I, I love that we just, by the way, fully believe, and it's got to be true that he's just going to continue being able to play at this level for, I don't know, ever. Well, if he comes back, he will. I, I don't, I don't know. I mean, he's, yeah. 
he in that regard, like I've seen a whole, you know, in the, in the wake of his retirement, there's been a whole lot of like, is he the greatest? Of course he's the greatest. He's not anywhere near the the most talented quarterback I've ever seen. Like, it's not even close. I, he's not even in my top five, but he's the greatest winner I've ever seen in my life. Like, uh, in, in football, in football. It, he He's much more like Jeter, right, than he, than he is Mike Trout. Like, Mike Trout is just otherworldly, all-time talented player. I don't know that anybody would sit there and look at Derek Jeter and go, you know, Derek Jeter was the most talented ex ever. What was he, the most talented at? You know, like it wasn't sure. overly fast. Sure, he it's wasn't great a power hitter. But the guy just won all the time. Like, I remember, look, I'm an, I am an Oakland A's fan, okay? And in the early 2000s, they played them a couple times in the playoffs. The A's were, especially one of those years, more than good enough to win the series. They got up 2-0. And then, and then what happens in the series? You have the flip play. Where he's not, like, he's literally a hundred feet from where he's supposed to be, but he's him, so he makes the play. And then later in that series, it gets forgotten in Game Five. He makes just like unbelievable, like falling into the stands on the run catch at Yankee Stadium, and he's all blood. And it's like the guy, you're like, there's nothing about him talent wise that you'd say, wow, you know, that jumps. He's so toolsy, but he's phenomenal. And Brady's the same way. Doesn't have the strongest arm. Isn't mobile, you know, in terms of running for yards. He's one of the best movers in the pocket I've ever seen. But, like, nothing about him that, you know, he's not overly big. Like, But then you watch him, and it's just brilliance personified. If he came back and played for the Niners, which, I, by the way, I do not think will happen, but I, I also would not rule out. Um, I mean, yeah, they'd be my pick to go to the Super Bowl and maybe even win it. I got, I got two things for you. Number one, you just made me think of, I don't know if you had a kid growing up that was like that, that just had it at like seven, but Craig Bondi back in 60035 Highland Park, the dude just just had it. Everything he was good at, could you know, he's great on the basketball court, good at, good, good at every sport, A's in the classroom. Some dudes, they just have it. And like now he's an investment banker, he's got zillions of dollars and whatever else. Uh that that's a Brady. And back to your Rogers thing, you just made me think of another thing. Like it's it's never you. I'm going. I'm all about my childhood today, Verderam. As we've hit the off season, Paul Tarpy, the great Paul Tarpy, he would dive for balls when we would play like mush ball on concrete, and then he'd be laying there on the on the concrete blacktop, half dead because his shoulder just fell off, and and he'd be looking around for someone to say like, you know, I'm sorry, Paul. I'm like, don't. I'm sitting there, dude. You just slid, you dove on concrete. Of course you're injured, and now you want everyone's sympathy. It's kind of the same thing with Rodgers. Dude dives on concrete all day long and then complains that that everybody else, that like something's wrong, that that, that uh, he's getting too much attention. Yeah. I mean, look, we can, you know, we can, we can digress here. But, yeah, look, it's just – I love a good digress. I, I have no issue at all with him doing whatever he wants to do with his life. I mean, play – Go somewhere else. Go stay with the Packers. Retire. I'm like, hey man, it's your life. It's your life. And yeah, we all cover, but that, that that who cares? It's his life, and he has a right to do it and, and, and live it the way he wants to. And look, I actually commend them for you know a lot of times with him. Like he'll break news on like the McAfee show and stuff. And hey, you know what? Like good for him taking care of his guy and, and helping him out. And you know, listen, there's a lot of there's a lot of good in that. My my issue with him is it's just at least the way it comes off, it's so disingenuous. A lot of this stuff, like it's just so fraudulent. And it's like, look, man, you like even even at the end, like, oh, go read a book. Uh, like, okay, hey, bro, like, <laughs> why don't you go read a book on science? Okay, like, why don't you go read that book? Make it back to me. Like, I just can't. It's always this air of like I'm smarter than you. I'm a little bit better than you. I'm. It's like really, are you really? Because you have the same amount of rings as Brad Johnson. Like, like That's spare awesome. me the whole. Spare me how like you are somehow this higher being that we should all aspire to ascend to that that higher level. And I think that's what turns people off. That's what it certainly is with me. Like, you know, and I and I'll make this point real quick. But I think it's an important point. And I actually might I might write about it in Sack the Box on Monday, depending on how the rest of the week plays out. But it's the early favorite in the clubhouse. 
you look around the NFL, you look at the really the, the, the very good to great quarterbacks. And I'll, and I'm going to lump Brady in here for a minute, okay? Because even though he's retired, I'm going to I'm going to include him in this. Tom Brady played over two decades in the NFL. Had a divorce with with the greatest dynasty in NFL history. There was no drama to it. You know, there really wasn't. I mean, there was drama in the sense of like well, what's going to happen, but th- none of it created by him. It was very like this is what I'm doing. This is what's happening. You look around the league right now. You don't hear a word like Josh Allen. There's no drama with that. There's no drama. Now Mahomes, like his family's always in the in the crosshairs for reasons that I think at times are a little fair. I think at times are really unfair. But Patrick Mahomes himself, there's no drama with Patrick Mahomes. There's no drama with Justin Herbert. There, there's no drama with Lamar Jackson, right? Like there's. These guys just they they do their jobs and they're incredibly in the limelight. And yet, like they seem to be the every man within their own locker room. Joe Burrow, another one, right? Like I interviewed Joe Burrow last Sunday after they lost in the Super Bowl. And you know, while he was at the podium, asked him a question. And he was obviously down, but like Joe Burrow sat there and you know, he engaged with you. He answered everybody by looking him right in the eye and giving him an answer in the toughest moment of his career. And with Rodgers, it always just feels like you're just a little bit below him and you're not as smart as him and he's controlling every little thing. Of, and, I, and you know, if I really believe that he was smarter than everybody else and go, well, you know, that's just the way it is. It doesn't feel that way, does it? Like, it just feels like he's trying to create this air that doesn't exist. Um, and I, I've been fortunate and blessed enough. Like I've spoken to you know Patrick Mahomes at Super Bowls and Tom Brady right after he won a Super Bowl and Joe Burrow right after he lost the Super Bowl. And I didn't ask Stafford a question, but was at his presser afterward. Like there's a there's a professionalism that combines with a a, a front at least of humility. Even though of course you know these guys believe they're the best and they have an ego because they have to at this level. With Rodgers. There's a certain charm in the fact that he doesn't really give a shit, but there's also a, a an affront to the idea that he's just so much better than everything around him. That turns a lot of people off, and I think that's what he's done over the last year. Yeah. He has uh, you. You're talking about uh, drama and Mahomes, which just reminded me. You know, you refuted the story that was out there about Mahomes' family being banned from games. Yeah. Yep. What What do you got on that for our Chiefs fans out here? All right. You know what? Here's an exclusive for everybody who listens to this podcast. Because here, you want you want a good story? I'll get here. Here's what happened. So, <laughs> let me make sure I got the timeline lined up here. Last week was Thursday morning. Was it was Thursday morning. I wake up and I've got a text message on my phone from a number I don't recognize. And it's a group text to myself and an NFL insider who I'm not going to name. I don't know if he'd care or not, but I'm not going to name his name. Very well known. And the text reads out. Um, I'll, I'll even pull it up. I'll pull it up and read it. Um, let me find it here real quick. Very interesting. Very, very interesting. Very bizarre. Um, so, okay. Um, I'm not going to start with the way he addresses it because it would give away the other inside. It says, take this info however you'd like. Patrick had a sit down following the season with his brother and fiance. Ultimately, it concluded with him asking them not to, to, to not attend any games this upcoming season. He believes they've become a distraction and their sideline antics are bad for his brand. That's the text. Okay. Okay. I spend a good chunk of Thursday morning trying to pin down who this person is and whether or not this is real. And so I can't go into all of how I pinned this down for obvious reasons, but was able to discern without any doubt that it was false. Um, and the person ended up getting back to me late that night because I, I asked them, you know, I, I, I don't have this number. Who is this? The person claimed to be another media member who I know for a fact it is not. Um, and so it became a false flag of, of a report. So I'm like, all right. So I did nothing with it because it's a non-story. Next day, 
Rich Warnberger, who is a former NFL player who does radio now, who's a very nice guy, unfortunately got got snared in this and tweeted that out as a report. It went nuts. It got picked up by a, a litany of different companies. I then refuted it because I knew it was not true. And I also knew that he had the exact same information I did because I just read you that text, and that text sounds an awfully lot like those tweets, does it not? Like almost verbatim. Sure. So knew it wasn't true, refuted it. And the the, the refute of the, of the original report blew up. It, it got posted on Instagram Live that Barstool did, and, and it, it just went crazy. Um, I have not shared this, but I, I, I will now because I think yes. it's interesting. <laughs> Saturday morning, I woke up to another number that I don't know, this time just texting me, with another text with information about another AFC quarterback. And I'm like, what is going on? Like both of these numbers, by the way, different numbers, both of them Chicago area phone numbers. Don't know what that means. Might mean absolutely nothing. Just tossing it out there. Um, and this one, I also we have to cr- We're going to have to cross-reference these numbers with my phone after oh, the show. Go ahead. I, I spent a lot, <laughs> a lot of time. Is, uh, is is very bizarre. Okay, um, now I get another. Like I said another text, and um, I I did not go with it at all because I don't believe it, um, and I have no reason to even try to pin this down because it just it doesn't make sense. But um, it was essentially that uh, you know Lamar Jack. It was about Lamar Jackson and the Ravens and how they're they're not. Um, yeah, they're not close on a deal. Which, by the way, I'm not saying that that in, in and of itself is either accurate or inaccurate. But got the text on Thursday about Mahomes, got that text on Saturday about Lamar Jackson and the Ravens. And I'm not going to say the person said they were because I can't prove that, it, that they're not this person, whereas the one on Thursday, no, they're not this person. Um, but, like, very, very bizarre. The Mahomes thing, I know, 100% is false. The Jackson thing, I I, I do. I have no so, reason to be able to back that up and say it is true or whatever, but it been very odd, been very odd. And I texted the other insider who was on the Thursday one, said, Hey man, have you gotten this text? No, they had not. I texted another person who I know is an insider who got the Mahomes text, uh, asked them. They had not gotten the Lamar thing. Uh, so I, I don't know what to make of all that, but it is, it's been a weird couple of days. Well, just to give a little. Uh, just further backing of what you're talking about of how news gets broken sometimes people get information that they want out there but they want to remain anonymous now giving a phone number would not be that but in the adrian peterson when his whole uh family scene broke in minnesota that came from an egg uh, avatar on twitter that's how that started an egg avatar on Twitter wrote at Nick Wright, who did not believe it at all. And then upon further investigation and going down the rabbit hole, it you know, then you actually have real people telling you well, real things. It, and and that's what happened. So it's it, it's uh it can happen, which is why I spent four hours tra- tracing this Mahomes thing. Um and and you know, just was able to confirm that it was it was not true. Uh, I don't mind saying the Lamar thing. I mean, like I said, I'm not going to say who the person claimed they were, um, and I'm not going to read through the whole text because there was a little more than that. Um, There's actually a lot more than that. But that was the gist of it, that, hey, you know, here, here's something I'm being told about Lamar Jackson and the Ravens, where they are with the contract, which could that be true? It could be true. I mean, look, I, you know, I'm not, I'm not saying it's not. I'm just saying – you know, it's bizarre. And then you ask the person who they are and they tell you, and you're like, well, that really, like, okay. Like I, after everything that went on with the Mahomes thing, I, I'm inclined to just go, ah, I don't, I don't, uh, trust that at all. Right. Um, but it, it's been weird. And it, you know, look, obviously somebody with this Mahomes thing, I think they kind of just wanted to go fishing and see if they could start up a little trouble and they were able to. Um, and, and so look, that's why it's so important. And I know, and we live in this day and age with the media, where like nobody trusts the media, and and and, and sometimes, rightfully so, quite honestly, with the way stories are handled and things are done. Be like journalism matters, and it matters the way you handle these things. And we all screw up from time to time. Okay, like I'm not, I'm not perfect. Nobody is. 
I'm not getting on Rich. Like, Rich, listen, he, he did his mea culpa. It happens. But I'm just saying, like, it, it matters to vet these things. And because, you know, especially with stuff like that Mahomes story, that's not just about him. That's about his family. Like, there is more to it. And, you know, I got to give credit here. Sam McDowell of the Kansas City Star wrote a column about, you know, what it says about us as a society, like the way Mahomes' family has been treated and kind of run through the mud in the last year or so. And listen, I I will say from – not that I want to even really give my two cents in this, but I'll just say this. I thought it was a really well done column by Sam. Um, also, I think that as a reporter and as a, as a writer – there is an obligation to tell the story. There's an obligation to be right above all else, but an obligation to inform the public and inform your readers and your listeners. That being said, I'm a firm believer that if it doesn't involve something happening on the field or something pertaining to on the field, you know, i.e. Uh, illegal situation, okay, that might cause a suspension, something like that, I think it's out of bounds. Now, if Mahomes had actually told his family, hey, don't come to these games, is it newsworthy? Yes. Is it something to report? Maybe. I mean, it is in the sense Mahomes is a huge deal. It's not in the sense it's a family matter. Um, I don't it, know. It, you, it, you know. Yeah, if this was the if this was the fifties and you were riding trains with the players and you found that out, they wouldn't report it. In in the twenty twenty two if, if a reporter gets that, most likely he's putting it out there. Even, I mean, maybe Adam Schefter wouldn't, but I guarantee you it would, it, it would be in most places. Let's say it like that. I agree with you. Um, and you know what? Had I traced that down and, and been told it's accurate and it's true and I believe it to be true, I don't know. I don't know. Um, I agree. With it. I agree with you in, in theory, though, that like it just feels out of bounds. Hey, dude, it's, it's none of your business whether your his wife, cousin, brother, whoever is coming to the games. And, That's and, and it's not – look, I'm not going to play the holier-than-now card because it's fan-sided on our NFL section. Like We write all the time about, hey, here's something like Brittany Matthews tweeted, right? Like It is fan-sided. It's about the fan, and people like to read about that stuff. They do. Um, and – we, so we do write about that. But I will say this. You will never catch us ever like mocking the family or writing a negative thing about his family. Like I, that I don't believe. Now, look, you know, if they if somebody you know tweets out something that's really off the wall, are we going to cover it? Yeah, probably. It's news in this day and age. I personally will not tweet about it. And report. I don't I, – I just – I don't feel right about reporting on stuff like that. I feel it's bizarre. I, I feel like the other day when he was at a Texas Tech basketball game, and he's with his fiance, and people are like, you know, all these like photos of her, like, and you know, she's had like, she had a weird facial expression on. She was like in between words or something, and it just becomes this thing. And it's like, what are we doing? And and you get these people who are like, oh, shut up! They make half a billion dollars. Okay, so what? Like, what right does that give you to be an asshole? I mean, well, it's it's that part of it. it's like, look, I. I do you understand how hard it is to get to where these guys have gotten? Uh, you you got to respect it. And they've been together. I mean, in this case, specifically, they've been together since you thought, like, beginning of high school, junior high. Like, if anything, it should be a, like a nice story. And yet, like, it's like, oh, well, you know, she's really over the top rooting for the guy. Well, what's she supposed to do? Wear like a Josh Allen jersey to the game? <laughs> I mean, she's his fiance. Mother of his child, like what? I that part I don't. I will never understand. No, you want to say, hey, listen, you know, the, his brother gets deserves criticism. Well, listen, his brother is a little bit of a different case in the sense when you're spraying water on fans after the Baltimore game and you're doing a TikTok dance on Sean Taylor's number. Okay, now I don't think he knew the significance of what he was doing, but like that's going to be a news item. That's going to be that to me is a little different because because. That happened in the public eye at a game. If you're going to do that at a game, it's different. Like even when, like when Brittany Matthews sprayed champagne on the fans, like I, I, to me, I thought that was a non-deal. But like it happened at a game, it was public. This this stuff when like they're the, the two of them are at a basketball game and people are just like attacking the crap out of them. You go, what is this? What is their? What do their facial expressions mean? 
I mean, think about if you're him or you're Brittany Matthews, right? and you're constantly in the public eye, no matter what you do, every single thing is a story. I feel like this is what it would have been like if Michael Jordan had, you know, if like the Twitter age was the 90s. Can you imagine what that would have been like in Chicago? I mean, it, he would have had to been, lock himself in the house. Right. If there had been videos of him in Atlantic City at oh, one in the morning. At, just thinking that. Yep. Yeah. When they were down 2-0 to the Knicks. By the way, they had won back-to-back titles at that point in his uh, Bulls career, and he right. deserved every benefit of every single doubt, and they went completely nuts, and Jordan didn't speak to the media for four days. Uh, and if there was video, and it would have been even more. Knicks, by the way, so thank you for that to me. No, no, no problem. Um, and but the, my my point, uh, the point that I want to make here is that if you are a family member or someone that's close to someone who is in the shoes of a Patrick Mahomes or anyone famous, your job is not to make their job more difficult. You 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 do need to be in the background, and because. He's done. His brother has done stuff where he's put himself in front of the camera, so to speak. Well, now wherever he shows up, it is a thing, which to me makes sense. Like, hey, dude, you're not coming to any games anymore because you're causing me problems. Period. Like, I I thought it made sense that at least that Patrick wouldn't want him there. Um, or hey, dude, if you are coming, you're going to be in a suite, and I don't want to see you out uh, in the front seats where people can see you. Like you're, you're, you've just turned into a, you're, you're not worth the trouble for me. Well, look, there's, um, there's certainly going to be more and more. I mean, if, if, if they continue, if, if there continues to be, you know, a water spraying of a fan in Baltimore, if there continues to be a TikTok dance in the sideline where it becomes a news story, then that can, that conversations, I think, a, a one the one that you would imagine like can be had at some point, right? I mean, but again, this is where I'll stop short. To me, that's between him and his family. Now, again, I, again, to be very clear, if somebody does something at a game, then I think it becomes an inbound situation because it's at a game and it's public. All right. I thought the text that I received on Thursday morning about, you know, he's telling his family this and, and, and that. Look, like I said, had I been able to pin down 100%, and I mean 100% that it was factual, would I have reported that? It would. I would have wrestled with it. Um, I would have wrestled with it. But I think the, the, the overall point to come full circle with this is it was clearly going to be um, a story if somebody did go with it. And it was false information and it got reported and it became a big deal. And I, I would just say, I think, look, I think everybody get you know, a lot of times people get so into this idea of like, well, these guys are millionaires. Yeah. Okay. Yes. They live a very, very good life. But I got to tell you, and this isn't just a Mahomes, this is a general thing, but although he is, is in the spotlight as any player I can remember in the NFL, it's not an easy life. That's not an easy life to live. And I don't care who you are. I mean, I, I go to the grocery store. I don't care, right? You walk out. You go. You, I, I could go out in my freaking pajamas. It doesn't matter. Everything you do, everywhere you go, every time you say you're scrutinized to the hilt, your family scrutinized. What is, that's why, look, you, that's it, why you make it, half a billion. No, that's, you make half a billion because you're good at football. Yeah, but you make it. No. Yes, because you're good. At, but if nobody was watching. Of course. If nobody, of course. So that's why you get half a billion because people pay to see you. That's that's what it is. I mean, if you were just great at football but no one cared, then right. you you would be the highest paid teacher at a university doing great things, uh, but not making making one tenth of of Jawan Howard. Of course, uh, right? No, you're the public figure, and 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 that's you're right, one hundred percent. My I guess my point is he's he's there because of his talent playing football, and you're right. No, like I think there is there is some truth in the idea. Like, look, at some point though, like it, it almost does it not just become almost gross the way it's covered? Yeah, 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 yeah. I, 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 listen, the the whole thing we're we're in a we're 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 down a deep rabbit hole at this point. I was but just like we've gone way off the which is, is totally fine. Brought we're, up, we're, but we have nothing else because it's in the middle of the off season, so it's okay. Well, right, and 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 look, I mean, I appreciate 
the passion of sports fans, the people that that, that watch Stack in the Box, every single damn one of you, Paul, Carter, Clint, uh, Eddie, and whoever else is out there. Uh, and I and I have had uh, moments in my sports life where there seemed like there was nothing else that was more important than whatever team winning said game or whatever player getting the respect that he deserves. But sometimes we do need to take a deep breath and realize that, yeah, this is just sports and entertainment. It's sports important. It's not life important. Like I think we, I think sports fans at times we lose that, um, which is uh, another twist in the rabbit hole. Uh, and just finishing up the Mahomes thing. Look, Jackson Mahomes showing up at a, because he's popular because of your brother, and then you're showing up at a bar in Kansas City, and you're acting like a complete ass, and then they gotta they gotta do a, a post to saying like, "Hey, dude, right, right, you know right. that 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 that." It, forget about going to the game. If I if I was Patrick Mahomes, I'm like, I'm like, dude. You need to leave the damn city. Like, go live somewhere else where people don't know who you are, and you're and you're just causing me problems. I and I listen. I love my brother, good old Bruce and Dave Carmen. But if they were causing you know my life to be that to be uprooted, and then I got to defend the family name, I wouldn't like it. I wouldn't. I wouldn't like it at all. Um, here, why don't we wrap up with a couple football things, Bert Ram? Uh, the franchise tag windows open today. What are you expecting to see? A good bit of action. I mean, the deadline is March 8th, so we'll see it kind of spread over that that two-week period. I think you're going to see the following guys either get the tag or sign long-term here in that that next stretch. Devontae Adams, Orlando Brown, um, Mike Gesicki of the Dolphins, Mike Williams of the Chargers, Jesse Bates of safety for the Bengals, Harold Landry, I think, is, is an edge rusher for Tennessee. I think there's a good chance he gets tagged. Chandler Jones, it's possible he gets tagged. Um, trying to run him down quickly in my head. Um, I think all those guys just immediately come come to mind. Um, I think if, you know Marcus Williams of the Saints might get tagged to safety there, although they are so far over the cap, but you know they don't seem to ever mind. Uh, J.C. Jackson of the Pats, uh, as Carter and I apparently in lockstep. He just put that in there as I see it. Yes, J.C. Jackson. Uh, I, I believe he'll get tagged. Um, so Marcus may, I think would have with the Jets in towards Achilles. So I, I don't think that's happening. Um, but yeah, there's going to be, look, there's going to be, I think you're going to see around 10 tags right around that, that number. Um, but even with that, it's a free agency class. It's deep. There's a lot of, there's a lot of guys out there that can really make a difference. I don't know that they're all like the sexiest names in the world outside of maybe the receivers, but I think you're going to see a lot of, a lot of good players. Carlton Davis might get tagged by the Bucs a lot. You know, that seems like maybe it's kind of a 50-50. Um, but, yeah, I mean, it, I think you're going to see a decent amount of guys get the tag. What are you hearing about the combine and the NFL changing it up as there's been some pushback here from, from players who don't like the way it's set up and it needs a, a revamp? Well, I can tell you this. So, on Monday, in the written stack the box, I, I reached out to a litany of different agents because on Saturday, the NFL put out this memo basically saying, hey, look, we're going to like lockdown, and you can, and each player can have one medical person, and that's it. Now the NFL is your first course. Well, I talked on Sunday night to a bunch of the agents who were like, look, we're not going to stand for this. This is nonsense. Like these kids, and for anyone who doesn't know, these guys, these prospects, they are beyond fine-tuned. Everything's scheduled. Everything is a purpose. There's a nutritionist. There's a medical team. There's a physical, you know, working a training team. There's the agent themselves. There's, there's in some cases, HR, you know, or uh, PR firms, rather. So, like, to tell these kids, hey, look, one person around you, and we're going to give you options for nutrition. Like, that's not going to fly. When you're talking about a situation where if these guys have a bad showing, it might cost them millions of dollars. They're not going to do that, and I don't blame them. And I talked to a handful of agents who flat out were like, look, A, this is this is bullshit. We're not going to do this. Number two, talk to people who are like, hey, look, the combine sucks anyway and has for years, and it's a, it's a money-making machine for the NFL, but they're really – they screw with these kids. They don't give them the support they need. You know, I had one agent talking to me about the fact they look, you know, you know, like team doctors that are there to evaluate these kids medically, which is the most important thing for from a team perspective that happens at the combine. He flat out was like, these guys have no limits as to how many 
uh, kids they can see, right? He's like, there should be a limit. Like, you should be like three, three kids per doctor. That's it, right? I've talked to people who all feel like the, the bench press, they should just get rid of it. They feel like it's a waste of time. Um, there's a lot of ideas behind the, the, the notion. A lot of people, by the way, hate that they're thinking of moving it out of Indianapolis. Hate it. Like, are I rate about it? And I'm sure I'm going to have to schlep it over to freaking Los Angeles next year or Dallas when they do this. And I don't even know that I'll go, to be totally honest with you. Um, because for me, the most important part is what happens at night. And if I've got to go all over L.A. to try to find three general managers and an agent, I, I'd rather just call them. Um, You're going. I'm talking upper management. I've got you actually a first-class flight and a suite uh, next year already well, settled. You got so. me that. I'm going. Um, yeah. Normally, uh, your boy here is flying coach. Uh, okay, so <laughs> – um, I thought it was the I thought it was the Greyhound, but okay, you're you got got coach. I, um, but uh, <laughs> unless you know what I I just yes, there are a lot of people in, in the NFL that want it changed, and a lot of people feel like look, the NFL itself should be consulting the agents in the NFLPA to make it the best it can be. But I think a lot of the the league office just feels like look, get out there, work out, and uh, we're going to make a ton of money off this, and that's kind of where we're at. Yep. Well, that's you just hit on it. At the end of the day, it's about dollars. That's why the combine was created. And uh, a lot of mistakes by scouts are made at the combine because they get super hyped seeing a dude run fast in tight pants and think that that will equate to uh, great football. And uh, you like literally every year, you see somebody getting overdrafted because of it. This was uh, somebody asked about it earlier. Verram, let's wrap up on Eric Bieniemy. Uh, you got an update on his status in Kansas City and whether or not he's going to be the offensive coordinator? Non-update update. So essentially, um, I've reached out to everybody I could possibly think of on this. Everybody. And normally, the people I've reached out to, like, you'll at least get some kind of a response. Radio silence. Complete silence. Nothing. Which, what does that mean? Could mean a few different things. Could mean, hey, look, we don't want to talk about another man's business. Respectable. Understood. Could mean nobody really knows. And if you talk to people that are around the Chiefs, and I'm, I'm talking people that cover, not not in, in the building, that seems to be a constant theme here with this enemy stuff that nobody has any idea what the hell is going on. Nobody, right? Like, um, it is bizarre, I think would be the best word. It's been very, very bizarre that – Nobody's willing to say a word on this. You know, the, the the belief was, at least my understanding, was that the meeting was going to be last week. Um, I think that was something Schefter put out there. And to my knowledge, it hasn't happened. Now, if you're the Chiefs, you kind of have to have this thing wrapped up by the combine. Do you not? I mean, you got to know who the hell your offensive coordinator is. You got to have your coaching staff. And they really seem to be like in no rush. And I, I find it weird, like every NFL team, they're acutely aware of what's being said about them. Okay, like, and for people who don't think that that's true, like, oh no, these teams don't care. Yo, they care. Okay, they care. I'll give you a funny story real quick. I had one time, um, and this this was not actually involving the Chiefs. I was on a radio station breaking down a team's off season and what I thought like shouldn't shouldn't happen. I got a text from a high ranking person in the front office during the radio interview, being like, "This is true. This might happen. That's not gonna." Happen. Like they were listening to the radio as the interview was going down and they were just texting like to make sure that like what they wanted out there was at least like represented, right? So the idea that these teams don't care is a joke. And the reason I say all that is to bring up the greater point, which is the Chiefs know that this is a huge talking point. Like it'd be a, you'd have to be blind and deaf not to understand that. Kansas City, you'd think like they'd be pushing this thing a little bit. Like, hey, guys, like let's figure this out. Like let's get out. Nothing. Nothing. You've got the enemy kind of twisting in the wind here. They're kind of twisting in the wind. And nobody is doing anything about this. And I, I find it incredibly bizarre. I can't remember a time. Now, granted, I've only been a reporter in the league for about three years. I can't remember a time in that. And, and even going back to just when I was writing about the league, didn't have sources or anything for the prior six years, where um, where I can remember something like this happening. It's very strange. It's very, I mean, he's been there forever. Like it's not like it's not like Eric Bannon's been there two years. It's been there throughout Reed's tenure. It's very strange. But no, no update in the sense that nobody's talking about it at all. 
Um, and Carter, to your question, do I think they'll have an offensive coordinator by the time free agency starts? I think they'll have them by the time we go to Indianapolis. What's the beef? Yeah. What is the what's the problem? I don't want to get send you down a huge another rabbit hole, but in no, 30 seconds I mean, or less, like what's the problem? Look, I, I the short answer is I don't know. The the quick thing I will tell you though is there's been a lot of talk just in league circles, you know, being at Super Bowl, you know, you hear stuff. That there was a blow up during halftime of that AFC title game. Right. Now that's been out there. I'm not, I'm not covering new ground with that. And yes, you know, there were there were publicly on the side on like at times like disagreements, you know, especially when they were three and four. But like that stuff happens. That's that's the NFL. Like even even halftime bluffs. If you don't think that happens, you you have no like they these guys, this is as as big of a high strung profession as you're gonna get. Guys scream at each other. So is it is it fair to say then that that Patrick Mahomes doesn't want the enemy and the Chiefs want to keep him and they're trying no, to work not, it out? Not, that's not fair at all. I I let's okay. put it this way. I have no idea if that's fair. Okay. I have no idea if that's fair. I, I that, have never heard on or off the record somebody trashing the enemy from Kansas City or even the idea that someone was internally true. I never heard that ever. And I've talked to plenty of people off the record over the years about about the enemy and you know, whether it be I'm not getting a head coaching job, whatever the case may be. I've never heard one person, one person say, oh, you know, really behind the scenes, it's not what you think there. Now, that doesn't mean it's not true. But no, I don't think I think what's fair to say right now, at least as far as I'm concerned, is there's a lot of uncertainty as to what's going on. And I think there's people in two camps right now around the Chiefs. And this I'm talking, I'm talking about people in and around the building. There's either people who don't genuinely do not know what's happening, okay, who aren't plugged in enough to know what's happening, or there are people who are plugged in enough to know and they're not saying a word about it. And that's frustrating yeah. as a reporter, but I mean that. Uh, but that's accurate. That's where we are. Well, somebody knows something over there, but I that's con- congratulations. Well, of course, but they they're not willing to talk. Right, about it. congratulations on keeping it. Uh... Under lock and key. All right, let's wrap up here. Vertoramos, the NBA All-Star Weekend. Let me just give uh, one my two cents real fast here. Go. Go ahead. No, I, I I just, the, when they were announcing the players coming out and M- Michael is behind Magic and Isaiah comes up to Magic and Magic greets him, shakes his hand and listens to what Isaiah, whatever Isaiah is telling him. And Jordan is looks at him for a little bit, looks away, and then Isaiah eventually walks away, and then Magic leans back and says something to Michael clearly about Isaiah, and Jordan that just gives a whatever zinger he's got on Zeke, and the two of them are laughing their ass off. That was the moment that I needed for my seventy fifth All Star game right there because that beef is never going to die, and we all know that that Magic is more with Mike than he is with Eleven, so. Um, Thank you very much. I thought that was wonderful. So well, well done. Um, by the way, MJ looks like he could still, you know, if he needed to, could he? Could he drop twenty? I think he could. I think he could at least at, at least ten. I mean, in why say ten? I like average ten. I, you know, I always love like a Jordan. Like obviously, he's your guy for all time, right? And he should be. Um, and even though I'm a Nick fan, he's my favorite basketball player ever because I, I just loved watching him. Even though at, the t- at times I hated him because he was destroying my childhood, I, I loved watching. Like he just has this way about him. Like even when he's not like saying anything, he just walks just like a look in his. You always you always think like if somebody came up to him and said, hey like listen MJ, you go out there and drop twenty tonight, like we win the title. <laughs> like you feel like he'd be like. Or I got 30 in me. Like it's just now he actually does, but he just he always has that like look about him that you're like, like I remember as a Nick fan, even as a kid, you'd be like, oh God. Like it just you knew like there's gonna be some moment in the game where he just destroyed you. Like it just it was coming, it was always coming, like oh like <laughs> you, you know, I remember the one game, you'll remember this even better than me, because obviously you're older than me. Like there was a there's a game at the garden, it was after his comeback. And it was like his double nickel game. Mm-hmm. And the last play of the game, they need a basket to win. And everyone in the world is like, oh, he's going to, you know, he's going to take Starks one-on-one or whatever, right? Like Nick's best defensive player. He throws it down low to freaking Bill Wennington. And it was like, as a Nick fan, you're like, son of a bitch. Like, it would it's one thing <laughs> to lose to MJ going for double nickel. It's another thing, you know, he dishes off to freaking Bill Wennington. 
Two hand slam, big right. Bill, big bad Bill Wennington. You know, I think St. John's great, right? And you're like, oh God, like. But anyway, <laughs> um, yes, good point. Hey, it's good. It's true. It, yeah, he was on a you know, Mark Jackson, Walter Berry, not, not a bad team. Chris um, Mullen, yeah, Bill Wennington. Who else they had? Walter Berry, there? Mark Jackson. Yeah. yeah, they were all right. The Johnnies were something. They had, that's they, back when the Big East was the Big East. Yep, yeah, yeah, yeah. Heard of that. I, so I actually wrote down something I was going to say about the combine, but I'm going to scrap that because I realized today's February 22nd. Do you know what the significance of that date is, Carl? Sports was February. I don't. I don't. Miracle on ice. Oh, okay, okay. 42 years ago. Okay. Wow. If I look up at my bookcase uh, in my office, which is off camera, I've got a Sports Illustrated sitting at the very top, and it is the one of the Miracle on Ice. Um, and that game is someone who loves hockey, played hockey. Look, if you're not familiar with the details behind that, I, I implore you, if you're a fan of sports, and if you're listening to this podcast, of course you are, go watch the HBO documentary. Go watch the movie Miracle, which is an awesome movie. It's an awesome. It's really well done. Kurt Russell in it. Um, we all talk about, like, big upsets, right? It's, oh, it's huge upset. Great, you know, Jets over the Colts in Super Bowl three, Giants over the Patriots in Super Bowl two. Buster Douglas. There's been no upset in the history of sports like the miracle on ice that is the greatest upset of all time it is not close it is not like you carm you would have been a, a wee lad at that point so you, i'm sure you don't remember the game but uh you have any any thoughts on the miracle on ice well well for, well first off uh uh i there's 1980 of course so i was seven not to uh, give my age. Okay, Herb Brooks, older than I thought. I thought you were like yeah. three or four. Okay. Herb Brooks passed away August 11th, 2003. That's my birthday in 2003. He was 66. Uh, just, yeah. just, just kind of looking at history here. Um, you know, but my good friends growing up, they were all hockey players. Falcons was the team in the in the northern suburbs of Chicago. Now, my family was a basketball family, and were not, and my parents were older and just not clued into what like the people of my age were doing for fun and where like what I should have been doing. I should have been playing. I should have been playing hockey because that's what they were all doing. But uh, it was a thing, man. I, I mean, I, I have very vague memory of it, but I, but it's, but it is in there. And like that era, I remember like the Islanders and Mike bossy. Yeah. And you know, that was uh, my buddy, Chris Carter was a big Islanders fan and uh, Warner. Yep. 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 So, it, it's uh, listen if if you're not familiar with that story i will tell you this a little fun anecdote real quick so 1980 lake placid new york and my grandmother um uh, my, my dad's mother um she is a football fan loves football then unfortunately these days has alzheimer's and does not remember much of anything but but for most of her life's a big football fan enjoyed baseball okay hated the yankees got along great because of that um, could not care at all about basketball or hockey. They just didn't do nothing about the sports until the day they moved out of that house and she was, you know, assisted living and whatnot over their la- their laundry, over their, their washer and dryer. They had a poster of the 1980 U S hockey Olympic team. Like that team meant a ton for a lot of reasons, you know, if you want to, and I'm like, you know, we don't have the time. I'm not going to get into all the stuff that it meant, but it, you know, there was a lot of stuff with Russia and the, oh, the Soviet Union at the time, the cold war and, 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 and the country was in it was in a real bad way. They played the Russians in Madison square garden. I believe it was three days before the Olympics began an exhibition game. They got destroyed. They lost 10 to three. And if you go back and watch the game, it wasn't even that close. Okay. The Russians were the greatest hockey team in the world. Like they they played a challenge cup against the NHL All Stars and destroyed the NHL All Stars. They destroyed them, beat them six nothing in one game. Like just comically beat them because back then, for anyone who's unaware, it was all amateurs. But the Russians weren't amateurs. They were they were basically, you know, fake soldiers in the Soviet Union army, and so that way they 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 kept their amateurism status. But they were, I mean, they're the same team for sixteen friggin' years. They won the gold in '64. 68, 72, 76. They come to 80. The United States wasn't even supposed to medal. The United States was just nobody team. 
and they end up getting out of the they get out of the, the round rob they get to the medal round and they played them in the in the semifinal. That was not the final. The US beat Finland in the final to win gold. Um and they played the Soviets and they beat them four to three in a game that if you go and watch, and it's on YouTube, I'll, to, I'll actually probably watch it today out of respect for the date. Um, you go and watch that game. You can kind of tell nobody in the building thinks they're going to win for about 50 to 55 minutes. And no one is actually believing it. And they score to go ahead with exactly 10 minutes to go in the game. Mike Arugioni, right? They score, go 4-3. And then as that last 10 minutes starts ticking down, the crowd, obviously very American in New York, like is out of its mind because they're realizing, like, oh, my God, they might actually win this game. It's, it's one of the great watches. If you have nothing but 10 minutes, go watch the final 10 minutes of that game. It is, like, beyond Bedlam. And Al Michaels, young Al Michaels, is calling the game with Ken Dry. Like, it's insane. It is the greatest United States Olympic moment ever. It is the greatest upset in sports history. It's a it's a phenomenal moment in time. Great end of the podcast today. I love Verderam history. Uh, hey, thank you to everybody who watched today. A uh, ton of comments here. So thanks a lot, Carter and MZ and everybody else who was in uh, on the off-season stack in the box. Of course, with you 52 weeks of the year, 11 o'clock Central on Tuesday mid-mornings and uh, Verderam have a great job at a uh, great time at the combine I believe we're gonna have an NFL guest on next week KJ Wright is in the mix um so yep. stay tuned for that and then you'll uh you'll back recap coming back week. and then, it, then it's free agency and it's gonna be absolute just full-on insanity looking forward to it uh, everybody have a great uh great rest of your Tuesday hit that subscribe button on the YouTube yes and please please uh, we appreciate it and thank you Tell a friend too. Thank you for watching Stack in the Box. Bet MGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Virginia. Turn $5 into $150 instantly when you place your first wager at Bet MGM. Simply download the Bet MGM app and sign up using code CHAMPION150. Then, Place a $5 wager on any sport. You'll receive $150 in bonus bets, regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the king of sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same game parlays, live bets, and so much more. Download the app in Virginia today and get $150 in bonus bets instantly from your first wager. Only at BetMGM. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place. By working more efficiently. By using more sustainable practices, by developing better technologies, we keep moving forward. With each new idea, innovation, and partnership, we're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com slash purpose. Parker, engineering your success.